0: And welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I am your host, David Jensen, and joined, as always, by Kyle Jens. Kyle, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, we've we got a, a hot one, and that means it's the summer. And we also have the Summer Olympics going on. Have Have you been watching any?
0: I'm watching a bit. Um, we just we went on vacation. We traveled last weekend, so we didn't get any catch a bunch but when we got home last night we watched some some random events and you know i've watched all the every time we win a medal i'll go watch the replay but not as much as i normally do it's the the timing is really awkward it's hard with yeah with japan but we watched a bit before i we went to bed so it seems like that's probably going to be the strategy for the next week or so catch some olympics before we go to bed That's we're the summer olympics have such interesting events like I don't know what Canada is better at the winter Olympics, obviously, but I don't know, swimming, like some of the swimming events are, they're fast and they're interesting. And like we were watching rowing yesterday and I find that very interesting. I mean, I'm not going to watch the like 6,000 mile bike rides, but I don't know. I just like the, I like the summer Olympic events because we don't aren't like exposed to them as often. So that yeah. a
1: little bit more,
0: no, they're
1: a bit more novel. One of my favorites that we were watching, there, there were no, canadians well there were canadians in it but not in the session that we were watching but we're watching skateboarding which was in the olympics for the first time and it's so amazing because you watch like the way that like the swimmers and stuff compose themselves because they're racing for that one or two minutes or whatever and have to are winning by tenths of a second but the skateboarders were just out there like so chill and just having the time of their life and even if they messed up or fell down like they'd get up grinning and smiling and it was just so fun to watch (laughs) different for sure yeah
0: it's it's it was really cool the the skateboard it was like when snowboarding sort of joined the olympics and every every time they add more snowboarding events it's, it's like oh this doesn't seem like it fits but then it's awesome so i'm glad it's here
1: absolutely well let's get into I guess if there were an Olympics for, for in the wizarding world, it would be kind of the the Triwizard Tournament, but we'll get into that uh, <laughs> many books in advance. But uh, for today, we are going back to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We've got two chapters here that we're, we're heading into. We're like close to 80% of the way down the book. Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge and chapter 15, Aragog. So looking forward to this. And why don't you you take it away, David, with the, the first uh, wrap up here with chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge.
0: So after discovering via the diary in the last chapter that Hagrid was expelled 50 years ago, Harry shared this info with Ron and Hermione. They were reluctant to believe that it could be true, but they also weren't really sure what to believe. So they decided that they weren't going to talk to him about it unless there was another attack. It had actually been four months since the last attacks, and things were were relatively starting to return to normal. Over Easter, the second years were actually tasked with picking their new classes for next year. Harry didn't know what to do, so he just signed up for whatever Ron did. Hermione just signed up for everything. The next Quidditch Quidditch match against Hufflepuff was coming up, and that plus homework was pretty much all the time Harry had anyways. So the evening uh, before the match, someone actually broke into the Gryffindor boys dormitory and stole the diary right out of Harry's uh, bedside uh, trunk or wherever it was hidden. And then on the way the next morning, when they're heading to Quidditch, Harry started to hear the voice that no one else could hear again. This actually sparked something in Hermione, and she just took off to the library to look something up. The match was about to start. But Professor McGonagall came down to the Gryffindors and told them that the match had been canceled. And then she took Harry and Hermione to the infirmary to see that Hermione and Ravenclaw Prefect Penelope Clearwater had actually been attacked. And they were found petrified with a small mirror lying next to them. Professor McGonagall took Ron and Harry back to the common room and explained all the new rules that everyone in the school was going to have to follow as to where, essentially, don't go out by yourself, don't go out after dark, etc. She also mentioned that if the attacks don't stop, this school might need to close. Percy was in uh, quite a bit of shock that a prefect uh, had actually been attacked. So Harry and Ron decide that it's time they need to go see Hagrid, so they grab the invisibility cloak and head out to see him. Hagrid greets them, but is actually surprised that it's them and not, not somebody else. They start to discuss Hermione and everything that had happened when Dumbledore and Minister of Magic Cornelius Fudge arrive. Fudge has decided that they need to take Hagrid to Azkaban. Then Lucius Malfoy shows up with a signed parchment from all 12 Hogwarts governors asking for Dumbledore's removal. Dumbledore agrees to leave, but quotes that he will only have truly left when none loyal to him are left, and that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. Hagrid also makes a speech uh, before he leaves about needing to follow the spiders. So everybody leaves and Ron and Harry are left wondering what to do without Dumbledore there to protect him.
1: I love the uh, the total difference in the nuance when it comes to Dumbledore's advice compared to Hagrid's advice where yeah. one actually is a lot more practiced and subtlety as you, they both obviously kind of know that Ron and Ron and Harry are there. But um, <laughs> they great chapter i thought it kind of builds things up we kind of get some some serious consequences here something that's hinted at a lot in regards to um the dangers against hermione but let's start at the beginning of this chapter the, the group here the gang they have to decide whether to uh to approach hagrid or not um they, they 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 seem pretty sure that it was hagrid and they want to approach him but do you think that their reasoning for thinking it was him was actually reasonable. I think it's
0: I think they were in a tough spot to be objective. The challenge that they would have faced was here's this person that it's not like they just consider him a friend, they also sort of look up to him and he's also like in the role model position. And so, yes, they have this story and we talked about it last time how you you really can't or you really shouldn't necessarily just trust a memory that you're seeing because that person is going to have their own biases put into the memory but I don't really know if I can fault them for thinking it could have been Hagrid what do you, what do you think
1: yeah I mean like they they have a lot of knowledge about Hagrid and his past they they know that he has this obsession with big creatures and monsters so it makes sense that even as a kid he would have had that obsession and that passion for them so ultimately it kind of does make sense but it's also kind of interesting because Hermione was also correct in her assumption earlier on that it might not have been Hagrid and that Tom was wrong and it might have been another creature of of course Ron I think at some point he's like kind of sarcastically replies to to Hermione saying like, how many monsters do you think could be this place hold and that type of thing. So I I think there's that. And then just kind of that, that doubt of thinking that it has to be him. And then Harry is still sympathizing with Tom here. He still sees himself in Tom's shoes. He understands why he wanted to turn in Hagrid so that he wouldn't have to go back to that, that muggle orphanage. So he's still kind of blinded by that bias from the earlier chapter So I think those are a lot of the reasons why they they felt needed to, but then also the fact that they didn't approach him with it was kind of interesting or how they didn't confront him with that, which like you alluded to, or you'd said earlier, like this is a guy who they look up to literally and figuratively. And Mm -hmm. that's a tough conversation to have as an adult, Never mind as a 12 year old kid talking to someone who is, more than double your age. So I, I guess I get the reasoning and then kind of thought it was just kind of interesting that they they didn't really follow up with him in this chapter as well. They just sort of they were afraid it could be true, I think. So they didn't want to know. They didn't want to confront that truth. No, that's that that's valid. Do do you think Ron and Harry should have left Hermione alone this chapter or this this time when she decided mm. to go off to the library alone?
0: I had this this whole point of Hermione bailing on the Quidditch game to go to the library had sort of this down in my, what doesn't make sense thing. I don't know why. So here's what I was thinking. They should not have left her alone, but she should not have left without telling them what she was going to look for. Mm-hmm. Right. So I imagine that she finally clues in, That the monster is some sort of snake using the pipes. That's what I think she clued in for, and she went to the library to figure out what kind of snake snake sorry what kind of snake could this be. That's what I think she went to research. I think all she has to say was, "Guys, I think I figured it out. What if the monster is some sort of snake that's been getting around in the pipes, and that's why Harry can hear it, right?" Mm -hmm. Okay, and then she loves, but that but to get back to your point, like. Should they have let her go by herself? No. Ron should have gone with her. Harry couldn't have. Harry had to go to Quidditch, right? Like, I mean, he didn't have to go to Quidditch, I suppose. But I think at that point, she had forgotten that she was, like, a prime target for the attacks. And the boys had
1: to. Yeah. Ultimately, like, it has been four months since the any attack has been heard of or occurred so they're definitely living in a world of like a false sense of security I kind of thought about it in my head and it's kind of similar to like the COVID waves that would happen where you'd see the the cases go down everyone would mm-hmm. get lulled into a false sense of security being like okay it's fine and then it comes back with a vengeance and it is kind of the same thing like they, they had a, a false sense of security around themselves And ultimately, though, during that time, they should have realized that there were some suspicious things going on, and that even though it had been four months past, Harry was once again hearing the voices in the walls, the diary suspiciously went missing, which is connected to the Chamber of Secrets. So I think because of those reasons, yeah, they should have been a little more aware about it. Absolutely and then even to go back to your point where you were saying like yeah hermione should have just said hey this is my this is my hypothesis essentially i think that there could be a snake and i think it could be in the pipes and that's why we can't see it mm-hmm. um That's not Hermione's way though like I mean when you just think of her as a character she's a know-it-all she has to I don't like the word know-it-all she's very she's very driven passionate about finding the right thing and getting all the answers I think before she comes to the solution with the table or come to the table with a solution we saw all of her planning that went in advance of the polyjuice potion so she is the type that likes to plan for every scenario and answer every question possible when confronted with it. So I think maybe that's why she wanted to go and do some research first before like validating it. But yeah, at at that point, yeah, they should have known essentially that there were going to be some issues. There were some pretty weird things happening and maybe should have been a little more careful this time around. I think so too.
0: Uh, We get some, we get another new character, this chapter, Mm -hmm. Cornelius Fudge, who the chapter (laughs) is named after. I don't really know why the chapter is named after him. He didn't really do anything.
1: I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like he just kind of appears out of nowhere. He plays a pretty minor role in it considering everything else that happens in this chapter. But I guess what were your first impressions of him?
0: He doesn't really have any convictions
1: He's. I found him to be like a little cowardly in his, yeah, Yeah. his convictions. Not really willing to make take a stand. Just feeling like he had to take an action in order to make it look like that he was doing something within the eye of the public there. And like even though he didn't seem confident that it was um that it was hagrid he he needed to be seen taking an action even though well, he, he very much trusted dumbledore it seemed like. yeah
0: let's talk about that because this plan to arrest hagrid is the dumbest plan that we've come across in a book <laughs> where three kids decided to put some uh cupcakes with sleeping draught and hope that someone would just randomly eat them <laughs> this plan is way worse so the, a there's no proof that it's hagrid so he's definitely doing it because he's feeling some public pressure, right? But imagine, right? So I just answer that one piece of the question. That's, Do you think that's why he's arresting Hagrid? Because he's getting like some flack in, in public?
1: Yeah, to do no, something? absolutely. But I mean, like there is proof in- Wait, the f- but, there's, but hold on. Mm-hmm.
0: Cause, so the proof is that he was the one who was suspected of doing it before, right? Yeah. So isn't it worse that they didn't arrest Hagrid immediately? Yeah. Like if, I was, if I was critical of Fudge and I was like, you haven't done anything. And then he goes and does the thing he could have done months and months and months ago. Then I would be even more critical. Because we know that it's sort of like not a well-known thing that it was Haggard the first time. That's sort of what we've come across with people's reactions. If I then found out that the person who you suspected of doing it before lived on the grounds and you didn't immediately arrest him this time, I would be even more upset.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the confusing thing about this because Tom is get receives awards for his role in catching the individual, but then yet the individual that they think is guilty of it still lives on the grounds and is still closely tied to, to Dumbledore. There's there's a big dis- disconnect there, but ultimately, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of interesting just getting introduced to this character and seeing a little bit more of the political behind the scenes and how it kind of draws a parallel to maybe what we feel like politics are sometimes where it's just all lip action or all all yeah. all talk and no action type things so mm-hmm. i don't know that's speaking, kind of the vibe i got
0: yeah and speaking of no action i don't understand how he just stood there and let malfoy take dumbledore out even though he strongly objected to it sure i suppose the management of the school is um up to the governors but we see later on he interferes and gets teachers put there like step up and say something even if you just go out and say the governors did this and I strongly disagree and I'm going to you know publicly
1: state that this is your like
0: do anything do
1: anything well that's exactly it like the power dynamics in that last portion of the chapter were so fascinating because Malfoy Lucius Malfoy was the most powerful man in the room. Well, Dumbledore, I guess it could be argued that Dumbledore was in this quiet and reserved way, but like we can definitely agree, I'd say that Malfoy had more power than the ministry itself. And it. yeah, it's just very interesting in the fact that he had total control of the school's governors and was able to control Dumbledore's fate and that type of thing. And the, the ministry was powerless in it. They didn't want Dumbledore gone. Like they know as well as Dumbledore knew. And as the kids know that if Dumbledore is gone from Hogwarts, then it is not as safe of a place to be.
0: So we we can talk about Malfoy's plan a little bit. I think it has nothing to do about the chamber, right? Like he's just using this as an opportunity to get rid of Dumbledore.
1: I think that's fair to say, I think given that Draco, he either says it in this chapter or the the next chapter i don't quite recall i think it might be the next chapter that we get into but how his dad always said that dumbledore was the worst headmaster in hogwarts ever and that he had been gunning to get rid of him and that type of thing so i mean there is the precedent there that malfoy clearly does not like dumbledore and that this was used to seize an opportunity to get him out i yeah i don't think it had anything to do with the chamber because Malfoy wouldn't give a crap if more muggle students died. And we know that through the way that Draco acts.
0: So it just sort of seems like, okay, my plan here is to use this opportunity to get rid of Dumbledore because I could. But it's not like he can he get somebody else put in charge. She's like, McGonagall just takes over and like, she's just like a Dumbledore. To, I mean, I don't want to minimize her to just being a dumbledore disciple but she is a dumbledore disciple she's going to have a similar views on everything that so i don't i don't know what his real plan was i guess
1: yeah ultimately i think maybe what it lied in is knowing that malfoy has this power over the entire board of of the governors and it seems like that Anyone that would be hired, of course, to be the upcoming um, headmaster would have to go through the Board of Governors there, a.k.a. Malfoy. So it kind of seemed like maybe by getting rid of Malfoy that he would get to kind of handpick who the replacement is, barring the fact that McGonagall would temporarily take over. Yeah,
0: I guess so. I guess, yeah, if he if wasn't about like immediately getting a person, then I guess the plan's all right.
1: Uh, anything that you didn't remember this chapter?
0: A couple things. I, I had sort of forgotten about the picking of the classes. Me too. Um, which uh, obviously plays a big portion in, in the whole plot of the next book. And I had forgotten about the Quidditch match being canceled. And as I was reading it and they were talking about Quidditch, I was like, I don't remember what happens in this Quidditch match. <laughs>
1: because it didn't happen. And
0: then obviously there was no Quidditch match. So... Those were the two big uh, points for me.
1: Yeah, you you said the exact same thing as me in regards to the elective classes and them getting to pick them. And you kind of get a little bit more of an understanding of how important it is in their future wizarding careers. And then also kind of a neat look forward to the, the next book that we'll read with the time turner because it's obvious Hermione signed up for every single class that was available to her. And then it was alluded to earlier on in the book went through the newspaper clipping that uh, had quoted Lucius Malfoy in the story about Weasley, about Mr. Weasley or Arthur Weasley. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the fact that Lucius Malfoy had this total power over everyone at the school as one of the governors of, of Hogwarts. I, I had just kind of forgotten about that and how much power he actually held within the school itself there, which kind of makes his character, a lot more interesting because he's not just a bad man, but he's a, a bad man who has a lot of control over the future of a lot of kids and the the school there. So that was just something that I had kind of forgotten about. Uh, anything that jumped out at you that didn't make sense? Okay. The book says four months had passed since an attack. So that's four months that Colin is in bed, petrified. Like, wouldn't his family be super ticked off at this point couldn't these mandrakes or the the properties from the mandrakes been produced elsewhere and flown in by someone else like why did it have to be created at Hogwarts when you have kids that are literally laying in bed petrified for four months that's half a school year that Colin is just out like at this point isn't he going to have to basically repeat first year I mean him and Justin Uh, have missed so so much so much years of school or so even many worse than of school.
0: it's even worse than that because it's not four months since the attack started it's four months since the attack stopped stopped so, so essentially the timeline is they go to school for the first semester till december they have the attack right before christmas and now we're at the end of the second semester <laughs> so you're right Colin missed the whole year
1: he missed the entire year I mean just uh, lays in that, a bed Like
0: there was no mandrake um, whatever they needed for the mandrakes available anywhere else in
1: the world I nowhere agree. else yeah it seems silly to me
0: I want to talk about the infirmary a bit more next chapter but yeah no that absolutely <laughs> makes no sense I already talked about how Hermione not sharing what she was going off to research didn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. and we talked about the Hagrid arrest not like being the most sensible thing either But like a bigger point and a sort of a blow-off point. So I'll start with my blow-off point of muggle studies should be required, like a required class. (laughs) All of them, yeah. For at least one term. Otherwise, how easy would it be to blow the whole secret of the wizarding world if you don't understand the basics about how muggles live? And it's different if you were raised in the muggle world. But a pure-blood wizard that doesn't understand anything.
1: So it should be required it's that's a very good point but the bigger thing
0: is right at the end of the chapter and again we're definitely going to talk about this more next chapter is i don't understand why haggard thinks going to visit the spiders would be a good <laughs> idea so actually hold on let's not talk so about let's, that let's, let's hold save, off on let's that Let's save that one yeah. um but i even without knowing what happens <laughs> why did he think it would be a good idea so yeah so we'll talk more about haggard next chapter but any other thoughts you wanted to touch on here in this one
1: a lot of stuff we had touched on, um, basically a lot of the power dynamics with uh, Fudge and Malfoy and Dumbledore and kind of the differences in subtlety between Hagrid and Dumbledore and their, their tips or advice for Harry and Ron in the room. But other than that, I was just happy to finally see the invisibility cloak in use in this book. It could have been used in a lot of situations earlier in the book, from the Polyjuice potion to even trying to figure out or spying you might not have even needed to use the polyjuice potion if you just had your cloak on and got near Malfoy and kind of spied on him a bit and listened to him talk right so I was just happy to see it come back
0: so when I see the name Penelope uh, for Penelope Clearwater here I just immediately think of the marionette character Lady Penelope from the like 1960s um marionette show Thunderbirds so anytime that came out, this chapter that's all I pictured which is not really an important thought for anyone but the other thing when with his little quote at the end Dumbledore talking about help will always be given for those who ask or whatever the quote actually is do you think he was trying to instruct them to ask for something or for someone in
1: particular and they just missed it that's a good question my initial thought I guess would have been to ask dumbledore himself for help because i feel like harry had been in the situation where he did need to ask for help and dumbledore had basically straight out asked him when they were in his office together and harry said no so i feel like i've always kind of thought that that's what the quote was alluding to but i don't know who else it would have referred to like unless it was mcgonagall or something do do you have any thoughts on that i'm I'm no I, I,
0: i really wasn't sure Of like if he was referring to a particular something. But I think, yeah, he could have he could have just meant send, like reach out to me and I will help you. Because I he must have had a point. Because it obviously wasn't about at one point in time, show me loyalty and Fox will show up with stuff to help you. That was not what Dumbledore intended in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just curious because that I, I didn't know like with the boys were sort of stuck at there at the end i didn't know what they were really supposed to do
1: yeah ultimately though yeah it could have been like with fox the phoenix as well and the sorting hat that showed up i mean those were kind of two things that were evident within his within his office and that scene as well but ultimately yeah i don't really know there's, what what he's quite alluding to yeah
0: there's no way he he meant the bird at this moment mm-hmm. like Like he I I think you were right at before. I think you I think he was inferring for them to find a way to reach out to him and he would help them. And he did help them, but they didn't reach out to him. So I don't know. Just sort of an interesting thing. I I didn't know what necessarily the boys were supposed to take away from that interaction. Obviously they took nothing away
1: and they got obsessed with spiders. But yeah, they took nothing away. And then ultimately, yeah, I, I think maybe more like on a grand scale of things. Like he knows, I guess, that. Harry is going to have some pretty big battles coming up in his life. He knows that he's involved in the prophecy, I'm sure. And that he's going to have one last bout with Voldemort and that he's not going to be able to do it alone. I guess kind of like the theme of this book is like, Harry doesn't do a lot of this stuff alone, right? Like he's always has help around him. And usually it is always people from Hogwarts that seem to be helping him through. So I I don't know. It, It could also be touching on like a grander scale of, his story arc itself if that if that makes sense i think so so any good quotes that stuck out to you from this chapter one that i liked was a good visual quote when everyone's in the hut at the end of the chapter dumbledore uh, we see a lot more fire in in dumbledore's eyes in this chapter and we can see a little bit more of like a, an ass, like an assertive dumbledore in this chapter i think mm-hmm. so i really liked the the quote dumbledore had not taken his bright blue eyes off of lucius malfoy's cold gray ones and then uh, we touched on it as well with, uh, with Penelope there, but George commenting, because uh, Percy is, of course, really shaken at this. And he says, oh, I don't dare he thought a monster would attack a prefect, which, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that too. Uh,
0: I had a quote from early on where it was said, In March, several mandrakes threw a loud and ruckus party in Greenhouse Three. This made Professor Sprout very happy. But that was sort of a fun, a fun visual as well.
1: I, I like all the all the references to them kind of growing up and all the stereotypical life stages that they're that they're going through. it, it is pretty amusing how it that is uh, how that's shown for sure. Least valuable.
0: Um I had a few different options that we can talk about. And I'm I'm curious to see where you went. So obviously Lucius Malfoy is on the table for getting Dumbledore removed. Fudge is there for arresting Haggard without a real reason. I mean, I guess he had a reason, but without like that plan was. Not the best plan. Hagrid's whole follow the spiders, but I feel like we're one chapter too early to punish Hagrid for that. Yeah. And Hermione, I really didn't like how she didn't share what she was thinking and how that obviously ended up with her petrified and the boys almost dying because they followed the stupid spiders. So those are my four like uh, candidates here. Like I said, I'm going to take Hagrid out of the running, which leaves me with Hermione, Malfoy, and Fudge. And I also have a hard time giving it to Malfoy here because he he got rid of Dumbledore, which was what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, while well, he comes across as sort of a dick here. It he was on. He would he would very much do that thing ten out of ten times. So it comes down to, for me, Cornelius Fudge and, and Hermione. And I just feel like kind of going with Fudge here is a bit of a cop-out. So I think I'll go with Hermione. Interesting. Okay. I will keep in mind that she's definitely going to get credit for what she ran off to investigate later on. So it might end up coming out in the wash.
1: So ultimately I, I landed on, on Ron this chapter. On which Ron. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I just, I thought, you know, Hermione had a hunch in this chapter and he kind of brushes her off right from the get-go of um, her saying, well, maybe there's another monster. Like she gets that it could not be Hagrid and does connect the dots ultimately, even though she doesn't get a chance to necessarily tell them about it. I just, yeah, I don't know. His, his sarcastic comments kind of rub me the wrong way. And then even though she went off on her on her own, I think Ron and Harry... Should know her well enough by now that they should have known to go and accompany her while she was kind of on her little brain train and and kind of in her inner groove or whatever. So I went with Ron this chapter because I just thought that he should have been a little bit more uh, assertive in in being able to protect her this chapter and shrugged off her going to the library alone when she had a thought that needed to be researched he couldn't
0: miss the quidditch
1: match yeah of course the canceled yeah, no, quidditch match
0: okay so if we flip that around who did you like this chapter
1: <laughs> so i did include dumbledore in here for sticking up for hagrid in this chapter we we know that dumbledore can be a little aloof i think in a little bit of nodball, but Yeah, as I said earlier, he is described as having a fire inside of himself and inside of his eyes. And it's something, it's a situation that Harry had never seen Dumbledore in before, like this new assertive role. And even though it might seem like he loses and Malfoy gets his way this chapter, he's still confident enough in the people that are there to know that Hogwarts will still be protected, even with him gone temporarily. So I thought it was neat and, and good to kind of see that new side of him that Harry wouldn't normally get to see it's like a a more of an adult and a more firm version and then while you named her LVP I have her as one of my MVP choices because I did like that Hermione was sharp right away suggesting that it might not have been Hagrid to open up the chamber she urged Harry to report the missing diary even though he didn't want to but I think the biggest thing and something that we didn't touch on here though Even though she took off on her own, she still had the wherewithal and the really smart idea to bring the mirror with her. She was catching on that whatever it was, if you looked at it directly, it would kill you. It's not her mirror, though. It's not her mirror? No, it's Penelope Clearwater's mirror. Is it? I thought she had it with her and brought it with her. No. Okay, then that's going to eliminate her. Let's give it to Dumbledore.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think her mind, like your your arguments they were fine, but it wasn't her mirror. It was Penelope's mirror that they were using because what's, I mean, spoiler alerts, but she, we're going to find out that she told, because she didn't know what the monster is, so she wouldn't have known to bring that mirror with her. Ah, I'm giving um, her more credit than I should have. And I also went with Dumbledore, um, and we'll, we'll, talk more about that when it happens. And you can always retroactively or not retroactively at that. When we discover what she's done, you can give her the credit then. So it's no big deal, but I like Dumbledore here. He didn't blow up Ron and Harry's spot knowing they were there and the quote at the end, whether or not it has any direct instructions, it's for their benefit to help them feel better. A worst case scenario, right? Even if there's no secret message in it, it's it'll be okay. It's a, it'll be okay. There's still help here. I'm not actually gone type vibes to that message. Um, and then I thought you mentioned the fire in his eyes. And then they mentioned that a couple of times with some good quotes, um, but it's actually quite powerful, not fighting with Lucius Malfoy there because any type of fight or any type of resistance he puts up, it, it just looks bad on him. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. So whether or not, and we find out it's, it is Malfoy uh, sort of forced the, the signatures the school governor said, you're out. What are you going to do? Well, you go out and you do what you got to do outside of it, but you don't cause a scene at the moment. So that's why I went double door. Some man of patience and playing the long game for sure. No, that's valid. Okay. So that's it for chapter 14, the weirdly named Cornelius Fudge chapter. So we can move on to chapter 15,
1: the dumb chapter about spiders. Why don't you uh, let us know what happened? Uh, Aragog here is the chapter and and things are starting to get a lot more tense within the school and with Dumbledore gone. uh, Ron and Harry are are keeping an eye out for the trail of spiders, as Hagrid had suggested, but they haven't had any luck, uh, mostly because that they need to travel in packs and can't really verge away on their own right now with the new lockdown procedures that are essentially in place at Hogwarts they're getting walked from class to class by each teacher and are basically never unsupervised in with throughout the day. Um, First up though, in the day they have a potions class and Malfoy is celebrated like the new dampened mood at the school and Dumbledore being sent away by his dad. He's even encouraging uh, Snape uh, to apply for the headmaster position and essentially saying that he put a good word in for him. If he applied to be headmaster with his father and also wishes death upon Hermione again. Later, up next, they have Herbology, and Ernie does approach uh, Harry. He had originally uh, called him out, thinking that he had attacked his friend Justin, but he does apologize for his accusations because he knows that he would never attack Hermione. During the class, this is when Harry notices a trail of spiders outside the window, and they're heading in a direct path, not really a zigzag line, but a straight line, directly into the Forbidden Forest as if they're heading to a meeting. So then on the way to Defense Against the Dark Arts, Ron and Harry lag behind from the group so that they can talk about their plan. Uh, and what they will want to do and during class Lockhart asks why the kids are so glum as the ministry wouldn't have arrested Hagrid if they weren't 100% sure at at all that he indeed opened the, the chamber and was the one responsible for all of the attacks. That night they decide to head to the forest and they use the invisibility cloak to get out of the school. Ron's feeling reluctant of course because as we know he's terrified of spiders and they stop by hagrid's hut uh, to get fang on the way who's very happy to see him and they leave the cloak at hagrid's and they head out to the forbidden forest they are following these spiders deep in and eventually it leads them off this path that they decide to follow and after some more walking they hear a loud rumbling and uh, and freeze from the distance though there's these headlights that appear and it's the old weasley's car that is driving towards them that i guess has been living in the forest during this time. Ron is pretty thrilled to see it still working and fending for itself there, Uh, but as they're kind of celebrating and admiring that, Harry is swooped up by these large hairy legs and can hear the same happening to Ron and Fang. So they're getting taken essentially deeper into the forest by these large spiders and away from the car. They've been dropped into a hollow in the middle of the forest and is containing some of the biggest spiders that they've ever seen. One of them calls out to Aragog, their leader, and he emerges. He's the size of a small elephant. He orders them to be killed, essentially, because they aren't his friend Hagrid. But Harry mentions that they're there in Hagrid's place because he's in trouble. Aragog does seem a little bit concerned, and he reveals that he's known... Hagrid for a long time after being given to him when he was just an egg. Hagrid uh, took care of him at the school when he was a kid. And when Aragog was framed, or when rather Hagrid was framed for opening the Chamber of Secrets, Hagrid helped him escape and still actually visits him to this day in the forest. Hagrid even set uh, Aragog up with his wife and they now have a huge family. And he says that it's Hagrid's goodness that helped them survive. Aragog does drop a hint during the talk about the chamber of the opening, the opening of the chamber of secrets, that a girl was killed back in the day in a bathroom, and also says that whatever the creature was, it's the most terrifying things to spiders, and not even them deal with it or want to deal with it. Harry realizes that he's not going to get any further info from Aragog, so he says that uh, that they're going to have to leave, but Aragog says that it's not often that fresh meat travels willingly into the forest like this so they must die. They look to be overpowered but the Weasley's car comes swooping in at the last moment so they load on into the car and head out. So they eventually get out of the forest and they uh, get back home. Fang is terrified and that's when Harry makes the connection that the girl that was killed in the bathroom could possibly be Moaning Myrtle.
0: A very wise deduction. So that chapter was... Only required, like I said last time, because Hermione didn't tell the boys about what her thoughts are. So you got you to gotta look over that. But we'll, That aside, what a terrible idea by Hagrid <laughs> sending Ron and Harry into the forest.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hagrid's, of course, has this affinity for, for large monsters and creatures. And he doesn't see the danger in them the same way that others do. I mean, even when it came to Norbert, the last book, he had no fear of this dragon that was continuously growing and becoming a little more violent and fang and that type of thing. Like, he just just doesn't have that fear. And I don't think it registers that others would or that the rapport that he has with some of these creatures would not have the same thing. So it just kind of... It kind of seemed like a strange idea to send them deep into the Forbidden Forest, not only to follow these spiders that might kill them, but could come across the werewolves or anything else that's like dark and evil within this Forbidden Forest. Uh, he He sent them on a death mission, essentially. Yeah.
0: Everything about it was insane. Everything about it was insane.
1: I mean, naturally, I guess, when we talk about how stupid of an idea it was that Ron and Harry decided to drive that car to the school, that ultimately was their saving grace this chapter, which I guess could be argued long term. But yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to send them in there, especially when these spiders are, have a natural need to kill humans. Like Aragog is a pretty violent dude in the grand scheme of things even even when he was talking to harry he says that he would have killed the humans even when he was in hogwarts but he did not do it out of respect for hagrid so i guess maybe hagrid was banking on them coming in and as long as they said that he knew him that they would give him a pass but you can't guarantee that when you're dealing with evil monsters
0: okay but let's say that was true what what were they meant to learn Because Hagrid had asked about what the creature was all the time, and Aragog didn't tell him what. I think. What, what did he expect them to learn?
1: I think he expected them to learn that he was innocent. Okay, and that that's he fair. didn't that's do the, it.
0: Yeah. No. That. That makes sense. To clear his own name, not necessarily solve the mystery. Okay. Yeah,
1: I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily knew. I mean, ultimately, I think they got more out of it than what Hagrid even of intended course, or thought. By accident. They would have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, ultimately, I think that's Hagrid's way of clearing his name to them because... Ultimately, he was found and, you know, he he wants these kids to look up to him and he wants them to know that he's good and has their back. But they saw him in a pretty shady situation yet the night prior or whatever it was where he's getting arrested and taken to Azkaban for something. And I mean, the kids had their doubts at that point. So I, I think ultimately that was just to clear his name. It wasn't necessarily to learn more about the opening of the chamber.
0: All right. All right. I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, what did you think about Aragog's response to Ron and Harry just wandering in?
1: You can't say, I can't say I'm surprised that they would have just instantly wanted to be able to eat them and, and attack them. Like, well, they're probably starving in there and it looks like they had a lot of, a lot of spider babies to, to feed. Um, on the flip side, I guess, like, Aragog revealed a lot of information willingly. Harry didn't even mention the Chamber of Secrets it was him who brought it up and kind of mm-hmm. just willingly disposed of all that information so I don't know if it was a matter of him just wanting to tell X he knew that they wouldn't get anything out of because they'd be dead if he had anything to say with it but yeah ultimately I think that it's kind of odd for him just to to re- reveal all that without really being prompted or or pushed to it <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> definitely
0: I don't know what he was really going through his mind so what about things you maybe
1: didn't remember going into this chapter I forgot he was blind I forgot that he was old I mean it makes sense that he is he's well over 50 years old and and he's had lots of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren probably but that's that's really the only thing I mean I guess maybe I forgot a little bit about the the lead up to it and can say like I forgot some small things that like yeah Lockhart I just was, had
0: I just confident. had some things. Yeah, I, that was one of the things I'd forgotten about that Lockhart being confident about Haggard's arrest. And just that the book in general made him so much more worse than he came across in the movies.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah. I forgot that Malfoy wanted to make Snape headmaster or the whole Ernie apology. I didn't remember any of that. Exactly. But none, of that none of that was really consequential to what was going on in this chapter. Yeah, there's,
1: there's a lot of minor details. But when it comes to ultimately what is the going into the forest, meeting the spiders, and then escaping the spiders. It's very well documented in any of the movies or video games or anything else. It's a pretty iconic scene in the grand scheme of things, especially this early on. So yeah, a lot of it is is remembered for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely one of the more visual scenes from this book. Bunch of things here, though, just didn't make sense. Gryffindor starts out, and they're in Potions with Slytherin. And Snape Snape has to take them to Herbology, but they're in Herbology with the Hufflepuffs. So what happened to the Slytherins? (laughs) Like there aren't enough teachers for them to be escorting everyone from class to class, and somehow Snape takes them from Herbology to Defense Against the Dark Arts.
1: And like, what about from that class? Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: And then, like, what about the older years who don't take all the same classes? Like, they, they needed a better transmission of students. Um, that that uh, is, there's just not
1: enough. There's just not enough teachers. It seemed like uh, that they were relying on the ghosts as well. Like, when they were escaping and oh, okay. to get out, like, the, the ghosts okay. are, are within the hallways and kind of looking out for everyone and that type of thing. So, maybe. Maybe the ghosts are being used at this point, too, but I don't really know how a ghost is going to be able to, to help protect people as well. Yeah. I also did not understand how the kids were not allowed to visit their friends in the infirmary,
0: because if it was really that dangerous for the kids to be in the infirmary, someone might come back and try and finish them off, get them out of the school.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's alluded to that if things continue, then the, the school is going to have to be shut down. Right, but that's but, for the
0: safety of all the kids who are not petrified. There was like a quote. Get,
1: y'all, you're talking about get the, the kids in the hospital wing out, out of the school. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. if they're so worried about someone coming back that that it's dangerous for Ron and Harry to visit Hermione. Well, especially like, if some
1: of them have been there for eight months, yeah, right?
0: Do not let them stay there. Get them out. Allow family thought, to
1: see them. Yeah. I also thought that
0: they probably should have just kept the invisibility cloak on going into the forest. It might not have added anything, but because it was dark out, but I didn't see the harm.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- their reasoning is because it's so dark out and they're in the thick of the brush that, like, they're going to be protected from any of the pr- professors essentially that will that could see them. But I could see the, the cloak being of additional help once they are in the forest in case anything yeah. was trying to attack them or had their eye on them and was stalking exactly. them. I'm assuming yeah. it works on, on creatures as well. So yeah. That's a good point. So.
0: And then the last one, I don't know why the spiders just didn't immediately eat Harry and Ron when you mentioned it, like what was the point of the lecture?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, they were not. Yeah. So that's that didn't exactly it. You're, you're not Hagrid. I don't really care what you're doing here, but. I'm going to eat you like that just kind of seems like would have been the natural path instead of having a big soliloquy about the the experience with the Chamber of Secrets all valid things mine was very minor but just something that had kind of clicked into my head while while I was reading Uh, potions ends and it says that the bell rang to indicate the end of class a bell seems like such a muggle invention Mm -hmm. though Like, wouldn't they have had something more productive or different? Like, you're a witch or a wizard. You can do anything, anything in the world you want to note the end of class, and you chose a bell. I mean, it's efficient. It's efficient, but, like... It's kind of boring. Have, like, some little fireworks or a little, I I don't know, flashing lights or something. It kind of... I don't know. I just I, I kind of thought about it like a bell. I just feel like it reminds me of Muggle school and seems like yep, such no, a Muggle thing 100%. that doesn't doesn't belong in the Wizarding world.
0: You're absolutely correct.
1: Any other thoughts that you had from this uh, from this chapter? Uh,
0: yeah, I had like one thought that doesn't really matter, but that's all right. After Ernie apologizes to Harry, he says, "Well, do you think Malfoy could be the heir?" And Harry, like very strongly, is like, "No, no, it yeah. couldn't be Malfoy," and. I know that Harry knows it's not Malfoy but it seemed like a very aggressive attitude to put on at that moment
1: yeah I think maybe he still hasn't completely forgiven Ernie for accusing him Maybe for sure sure I feel like maybe that would come in the shortness of it it does allude in the chapter two that ron is even taking it harder and forgiving him and that type of thing so uh, yeah that's kind of the only thing that i could think of of why you just so didn't have sharply... any sharply
0: yeah just no time for ernie that's fair that's fair and it wasn't something that didn't make sense i was just curious as to it, it was sort of I thought it was sort of an odd vibe
1: yeah no that, to that's totally there. fair i didn't really have a, i didn't really have any other other thoughts and and had one one quote essentially yeah sorry before you get to your quote Go ahead. This was a weird chapter.
0: It's just sort of we almost get eaten by spiders. We do get some good information from the spiders. But like a bunch of other stuff happened that had no impact on anything. Like all the stuff leading up to the spiders was completely useless.
1: Yeah. It was weird. It was just sort of weird. It was just a weird a little setup for them to kind of figure out where the spiders were, but I guess so, wasn't yeah. necessary. I guess not. But it yeah, that's just the only found thing. a spider and followed it. Yeah. Yeah, that ultimately would have made just as much sense besides a little character building and making us hate Lockhart some more. Yeah. Uh, So my my quote, and I just had one, it was kind of, I smiled at it. It was a good description and a good good, uh, simile, I guess. But as Ron walked open open mouth towards it, it being the car, of course, it moved slowly towards him like a large turquoise dog greeting its owner. I just (laughs) thought that was a, a funny quote and I enjoyed it.
0: I also had a quote about a dog and my quote was Fang went mad with the joy at the sight of them worried he might wake everyone at the castle with his deep booming barks they hastily fed him treacle fudge from a tin on the mantelpiece which glued his teeth together. I love, First. It. I love how excited the dog was to see a picture that it's great fun. Second do not give your dog fudge so that his teeth stick together. Do you know how hard dental care on dogs is? That's true. It's true so hard and if you have to put them out and get it like professionally done it's a lot of money (laughs) so just you know give him a real dog treat that he stops barking don't (laughs) glue his teeth together
1: i feel like they must have some kind of spell or something to clean actually i don't even think like do you think hagrid takes the time to clean fang's teeth yes because hagrid
0: is incredibly attentive to the animals
1: that's fair all right. Um, I think I know who your LVP might be, but did you have any any discussion or any candidates? Yeah, I mean,
0: there's two op- There's two options here, right? Yeah. So Hagrid is obviously the first option, and it's for the main purpose of why thinking them going to the force to talk to Aragog would be good. You did mention that it's to prove his innocence, so so that sort of makes the decision less terrible. The other part of it is fifty years ago, he didn't tell Del- Dumbledore about Aragog. And what the creature was and was not telling him. And it's like, it's happening again. Why not volunteer more information? But I'm actually not going to go Haggard here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Aragog. Because he could have just killed them up front. He didn't need to have the history lesson. He also could have just not tried to kill them. Like, they're just kids. Let them go. Whatever. But the bigger thing is, is like you know what the monster is. And Haggard got blamed for it. You could have alluded to what the monster is to let Haggard discover that on its own like I think there's a quote later on that like spiders won't speak its name mm-hmm. and that's fine I can describe you without using your name and like he could have told them again he could have told them here everything they needed to know without giving it a title I just think you know with the attempted murder and the random uh, and the random uh, history lesson, and just, you know, being too scared to provide everyone the information they know, you know, that they need. I'm going to go with Aragog as the least valuable.
1: Yeah. Ultimately that that's what I went with as well. Um, kind of for a different reason. Well, very similar reasons for you, but also knowing that he's a monster and probably wouldn't have done this, but he didn't really honor Haggard's friends because within the the text or you know what i one of the lines that i found most enlightening was like him saying hagrid invite uh, introduced him to his wife and it is because of hagrid's kindness and goodness that we have a strong and thriving family but then yet he had no inclination to honor hagrid's friends yeah that that i just i i didn't really get that and i just thought that yeah either if you, if you are going to try and kill those kids you do it right away you don't give your bat massive peace or you help them out i don't think he understood that hagrid would never be able to visit again if he didn't help them and let them yeah, go back
0: i agree it's a good he's a good choice so Hagrid sort of got off easy there. Two chapters in a row, he could have been least valuable and neither of us chose him once.
1: Threw by at the skin of his teeth there, I'd yeah. say. So most valuable. What do you have on your list? I had a couple, like again, some smaller ones here. Ernie, he admitted he was wrong. Great for him. <laughs> um, Ron, he conquered his fears of spiders to, to go into the forest to help out his friend. I don't even know if he really helped his friend, but he went into the, he went, he into the, he, he went there. Yeah, he went to help out Harry, uh, the Weasley car for coming to the rescue. But ultimately, I give it to Harry here because he fills the role of Hermione and he was able to make the connection of the girl in the bathroom to Myrtle um it could have been probably very easily missed when you're in a pretty terrifying situation and not necessarily you're in fight or flight at that point you might not be listening to the nuances and little things and every detail that something is telling you which by the way something i forgot to say for what doesn't make sense how come these spiders talk or how come aragog talks but (laughs) but like Fang doesn't talk or not Fang. Fluffy doesn't talk. Norbert didn't talk. I don't know. Why does this one large animal speak English and communicate to them? And Harry and Ron, by the way, they, they don't really like, they're not thrown aback by it. They're just kind of like, they, they have a conversation with them as if that's what they expected when they see a big spider in the middle of the forest. Meanwhile, if one started talking to me, I'd be freaked out. I I think that's, I think that's a plot device uh, (laughs) armor there, but, uh, Beside, anyway, besides anyway yeah, guess there's tangent. a species of giant spiders that talks uh, one one specific uh, species or maybe hagrid taught it english i i don't know but yeah. <laughs> ultimately though I, I went with harry for mvp after that tangent um he, he fills the role of hermione here hermione would have been the one to naturally do that but he was able to make that connection and 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 draw those dots essentially so i, I went with harry this chapter yeah, I did too. I mean, the car is the other obvious choice here, but that's kind
0: of boring. I disagree a little bit with your statement about Hermione, would be the, the obvious one. Harry's proven that he he's a good detective. Yeah. So that's I, true. I I think it's not unreasonable to think even if Hermione was there, he would have made that connection. But you mentioned this. The the ability to listen to the spider talking to you when it's about to kill you, take all that information and then very quickly like absorb it deal with the escape and then be able to recall it and realize, Oh, what if she's still there? That's a very, that's pretty impressive. That's some good detective work. So I liked Harry for that. I also, I also just made a quick mention of he could have piled on Malfoy when Ernie suggested it just to uh, bond with Ernie over it, but it's true. he, He doesn't want, he, he didn't like being falsely accused. He doesn't want to falsely accuse Malfoy, even though Malfoy knows or even though Malfoy wants to be potentially false, he, he didn't want to do that. So I, I kind of like that that too for Harry.
1: Yeah, it'd almost be a compliment for people to think it's Malfoy. I think he would probably <laughs> really enjoy that. Yeah, in Malfoy's opinion. Yeah. So we'll be back next time because that is everything
0: for chapters 14 and 15. Yeah. Next week. Will... Nope. Next week, just one chapter though. Chamber of Secrets. It's a bit longer. I don't remember exactly what happens here I, I don't know if we discover the chamber I don't know if we do all the chamber activities I guess we'll find out
1: uh, I imagine we will yeah I imagine we're going to get right into the thick of it at least through the chamber until maybe the end portion where we realize Ginny's involved I have a feeling it'll be kind of the Lockhart portion but yeah I'm curious to see what exactly this this chapter all all takes on here In the meantime, though, you want to give us a follow on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. You can also send us an email with your thoughts, criticisms, compliments, more compliments, though. Harry Potter Reread Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.
0: That's it. We'll be back. We're available on all normal podcast places and probably the abnormal ones, too.
1: But let us know if you need us somewhere or not. I'm David. And that was Kyle. Bye.